Thanks for joining us for a bonus episode of Beyond the Stage. My name is Ruth Eggerman. I'm the Director of Marketing at Livermore Valley Arts, and I'm here with our host and Executive Director, Chris Carter. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? And today's bonus episode includes a new conversation with Carrie Byron, who was here back in September uh, to talk about, um, you know, her books and her stuff. She was part of our uh, Ray DeRose speaker series. And today we wanted to bring her back to talk a little bit more about her national STEM challenge that's going on right now and the STEM festival that will be taking place in April in Washington, D.C. So enjoy this little interview. Uh, it's it's a fun, it's always fun to talk to her. She's a just really fun to talk to and she's had a really you know diverse background both in arts and sciences so it's a fun conversation please enjoy the interview with carrie byron there she Hi. is Hi guys. oh is that your house the, i have a little studio this is my okay. studio <laughs> i love it it's not like your office it's it's i mean office for someone like me studio all the things it's all the same thing right on how are you doing i'm doing good i had actually i spent the weekend in livermore i went saturday to the uh lawrence livermore labs and got to see all of their cool stuff there oh that's that was, awesome that was a that's personal cool. tour who gave you the tour um well they had an open house for like friends and family for people who work there and they do it like every 10 years so mm -hmm. I got to meet all the scientists and people doing crazy things and got to see where they do their high explosives lab and yeah yeah it's so cool so did cool. you see the the NIF the the big uh, ignition facility I that 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 was one of the tours I I had to leave to get my kid to a soccer game and I was bummed but they sent me a bunch of video <laughs> <laughs> awesome well welcome back to Livermore then thanks Carrie I feel like I'm, I'm going us. to move there. So I'm getting, I'm getting like, I've been to Livermore a lot lately. I feel yeah. like yeah. <laughs> yeah. part of the community soon. It's it's got some sort of charm that just pulls you in, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's well, a little bit weird. Have, it's the people. It's the people. Right. Agreed. Well, we appreciate you taking some time, Carrie, and um, we were really pleased to have you at the Bankhead a couple of weeks ago. I was just telling Ruth, I've gotten a lot of compliments on that um, that night. Yeah, People I really enjoyed it. So you did a fantastic job. Thank you. I'm sorry the recording didn't work out. Yeah, us too. But we're glad to see you again. <laughs> um, we, were, we were just getting um, all, of, all of Chris's uh, high school tchotchkes that are sitting on his desk. He was showing us pictures. Oh. Of, oh, showing <laughs> us like his, some giant stein. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, wow. Whoa. Right on. I think this is, um, I, my dad gave me a box like a couple of years ago and this was in it. And so I just threw it on my desk. And then this is the other one. These, they're only two tchotchkes. So this is the other one they have. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. that's like two more than I keep. <laughs> right? yeah, I've never seen that. I don't even know what that is. It's like a, I don't know. I don't know why I got it. It's like a class mug. Yeah. So. I don't have one of those. <laughs> Who knew they even had those, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know where I got that. You know, it was really funny. So I just pulled up a video and sent it to the high school girlfriends. Um, that was, it's, there's a thing called like a, it's like Bay Area uh, nostalgia. And it was a news report from when we had a 21 Jump Street 
did i saw that too my sister sent me that a uh, bunch of kids was... got busted for for selling and buying weed at Los Gatos High School in the mid '90s from kids yeah. from San Jose. Right, and there was an undercover cop that was posed as a student. Yeah, on the campus. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that was hilarious. Well, you weren't involved in that, were you? No, I think I where we were too old. I think it was the freshman I, class when I, we were yeah. seniors or just graduated. Yeah, I think that was right after us. Um, we missed out on all the fun things, I guess. <laughs> um, we well, talked about a little bit on at, at the bankhead was that you're not a scientist, first of all, right? Which, what's your background for the audience? So my background is more as an artist. I, I'm a curious person. So, I mean, I always made art as a kid and it's just always been a constant in my life. But um, I wanted to make a living as a sculptor and uh, I was showing and, you know, places like 111 Mina and galleries in San Francisco, but I really wanted to actually be a sculptor. So I had a friend that was touring M5 Industries, which is Jamie Heineman's shop, and um, they did special effects. And I thought being a model maker would be the perfect combination of both having a job and being a sculptor. I wanted to make the monsters. I wanted to make, you know, blood squirt out of faces and stuff. I've always been very Halloween forward. Um, so I, I, I went into Jamie's shop with a portfolio that I made the day before because I it, it was sort of a, like, hey, come check this place out. And I walked in and wanted to be a part of it so bad. I mean, like just the smell of the wood shop is enough to just pull you in and seeing a whole wall of organized boxes that say things like googly eyes and tracks <laughs> and it's just it was it was so cool um i let jamie kind of thumb through my portfolio and he seemed um pretty unimpressed i gotta admit but uh he found one one page he's like oh yeah that'll work <laughs> and um i offered to work for free as an intern uh and let him teach me how to be a special effects artist and jamie cannot resist free he's 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 very thrifty and so uh he let me come be a part of the shop and so uh i was basically in the background of mythbusters yeah. um i you know as as an artist trying to learn the arts i was helping do toy prototyping for toys like leapfrog toys um which was really cool because i'd sculpt a handle on a leapfrog toy and then i'd actually see it in the stores later my exact sculpture would be on these toys and i just thought it was the coolest job ever until they started filming mythbusters at the shop which suddenly i became a part of too you, they just sucked you right into the show then eventually right yeah i was i, I started out as a background builder and helping clean up mm -hmm. and, uh they weren't making the the episodes fast enough so uh they started having me explain what i was building and then they uh, just said hey you're a host now Go. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a question for you. Going back to your your sculpture, what what medium were you working in when you were a when you were trying to be a sculpture artist? Like, like what? And not a special effects artist, but a sculpture sculpturist. So, uh, in college, because I went to West Valley and then San Francisco State, um, I worked in bronze. I worked with found objects i made a giant chair with huge wings that that were like furry and soft that would wrap around you into a cocoon so it, like just all kinds of weird things like that but mostly i really liked polymer clays because um you didn't need a kiln and you could you could 
use them in really, really low temperatures. So I made a lot of sculptures like, like, like this, like creepy little doll like sculptures. And um, that kind of applied really well to special effects because they use that kind of clay a lot in all of their, their, you know, positives for, um, for their molding. Do you still uh, sculpt? Do you still do artwork? Yeah, I do two kinds of artwork. Um, I do, I, I still sculpt uh, with those clays, but I also do black powder art. So I really like uh, igniting the black powder, which leaves this sort of detritus of, of dark, spotty, spirally kind of looking, you know, it almost, it almost looks like space pictures. Um, and then I play with the negative and positive space and it's kind of containing chaos in a, in a small region. And it's, it's something that you can't plan for. It's not like you can think I want to paint a picture of an apple and it looks like an apple. You, it, it, it just, it doesn't behave like that, which is why I like touring places like does its thing. Well, labs because they like explosions of, too. <laughs> do you have any examples of that in your studio? Do I? Yes. <laughs> um, so still working on this, but so. Uh, oh, super I cool. That. I also, um, if you follow you me do on that medias, you can, you can see, I, I try to contain the explosions in ways that um, create the picture that I kind of want to see. I also use clays to create negative space to make like, um, like like skulls or 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 skeletons or um, that sort of thing, uh, kind of in the in the, inside of the explosions. Well, I I don't know if you remember from the banquet, but our um, lobby and uh, we have a, a a founders room that serves as an art gallery space. So if you ever wanted to exhibit anything, Ooh, I think that would we'd be, so be cool. open to that. Actually, uh, I'm okay. sitting in it right now. So behind we we have a. California landscapes exhibit going on. And so this work is by George Stale behind me. Absolutely. All around me. So it's cool. super cool to have your stuff here too. If you're interested, let let us know. We can <laughs> we can figure something out. All right. Cool. We're we'll we'll schedule it then. <laughs> yeah, my off time from being the director of the National STEM Festival, which is taking up a lot of my time right now. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um this is the STEM challenge is going on. Uh right now and you're taking um it's kind of like a giant science fair right yeah so I, i've been a part of a lot of really big science fairs over the years um my 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 favorite one was when i was at the white house and i hosted with bill nye for the the, the national science fair this was during my mythbuster days and um the president of the united states did a press conference and said oh we've got a woman named uh carrie byron here uh, she likes to blow stuff up. Where are you, Carrie Byron? And I, I just, I, I just had this moment where I'm like, what? The president knows who I am. Apparently, he watched, um, uh, he he watched with his daughters. So MythBusters actually did an episode with President Obama at the time. Um, and what I really liked from that festival or that fair was that I met kids doing things that were so incredible and had such creativity. And it was the boundless creativity that you have when you you don't understand any of the obstacles yet. So you work backwards, you know, you you find a problem and then you engineer it backwards. And it it was just how we do things on Mythbusters, which is, you know, we we use the narrative vehicle of the scientific method to come to a conclusion about um, a curiosity that we had. And that's what the kids were doing. And uh, I really wanted it 
to happen again. And it hasn't happened since then um, because uh, the administration's changed and then COVID and they just haven't had a maker fair or a festival in so long that I decided that I was gonna advocate for the, just the revival of all of that scientific inspiration for kids. So I offered to build from scratch the National STEM Festival, which is huge. We're taking submissions from every state the territories, the DOD schools, the BIE schools. We're gonna fly four kids in from each of those places into Washington, DC, um, champions of the challenge for the National STEM Festival, which is gonna be a whole weekend where all of DC is going to just celebrate STEM. There's gonna be stuff um, from, from the front lawn to the Kennedy Center to the Smithsonian, there's gonna be all sorts of incredible festivities for kids. Um, kids have to, go to nationalstemchallenge.com if they want to submit. Uh, they create a three slide PDF, which Canva has lovely donated templates for us to use. Um, and you have to basically ideate a project that tackles a real world challenge that'll have a positive impact on your community, its people, or the planet under six themes, which are environmental stewardship, future foods, health and medicine, powering the planet, and space innovation. I feel like Livermore kids are especially, uh, there they, might be a few. born and bred for this. Right? <laughs> so have I was you, thinking of, I, I was, you been getting sorry. submissions yet? Have you already started getting them? Yes, um, I keep a little leaderboard. Uh, right now, Mississippi has the top amount of submissions followed by Hawaii and then Pennsylvania. And California is fourth. Ooh. Fourth? Right? right we gotta get on it. That's those right, and so I am states to have right? top submissions from, especially like Mississippi and Hawaii. I yeah, can't even spell Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm kind of evangelizing with you guys and all of the local press right now. I was uh, last week. I was on Channel Seven, and I'm 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 talking with as many local press as I can because if California's not leading, I feel like personally, um, like like the, the rivalry is so strong that personally I feel like I failed if I can't get enough California kids <laughs> to take the top spot. Let's do it. So, so I was thinking about this this morning was like, you know, I see, you'll see articles in the newspaper about kids who have, you know, invented these things that I can't even imagine, like, like fulfilling needs that, that I didn't know needed to be filled. Right. And so I'm super excited to see what comes out of this. Have you seen anything yet? Are you looking at the stuff yet uh, that that you're just like, wow, this is this is just beyond my comprehension? Well, until the uh, submissions deadline close, which it's the window is now, um, submissions close November 12th, I'm, I'm not seeing the projects yet okay. because they're all getting scored from uh, volunteer reviewers, which we've places like Livermore Labs and JPL, they're, they're giving us their STEM industry thought leaders to help uh, review and score each of the kids' projects so they get some real feedback. Um, but I can tell you from science fairs past, it isn't just, you know, the, the, the genius kids in all the AP classes that are coming up with these projects. It is creativity is more important than anything else. So kids are really looking at their own communities and finding issues that they can solve for. Um, there's a class in the Bronx who um, I know that they're working on this right now, who's creating a vertical farming system in their classroom because they are in a big city, right. but they're also in a food desert and fresh vegetables aren't easy to get. And so all of the fresh vegetables these kids 
get from the classroom. They're not only feeding their class, but they're taking them home, they're feeding their families in the community. So this is something that uh, would work for future foods or, or space innovation, because really solving for growing food in places that are difficult, like deserts or inner cities, also could work for growing food on um, you know, a space station. So vertical farming is, is something that I thought was a really interesting solve for an issue that's creating a positive impact in their, their community. That's awesome. That's really Why awesome. can't, that's so, you were just talking and it's just like, I wish we would spend more time just trying to solve problems than make problems. And <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you're doing this, Carrie. Um, thank you for inspiring a lot of people. Uh, did, did you, do you have any science fair projects that you remember you did as a growing up? Yeah, I mean, the kids now have the internet and inspiration from a community of kids trying to solve problems. I, the problem I tried to solve, I think, uh, my fourth grade science fair project is the one I remember the most because I tried to grow plants in coffee because my mom would be like, you know, Ugh, I can't, I can't function without my coffee. So I wanted to see if it actually improved the lives of my, my plants. So um, I grew some in dirt and uh, some in coffee and some that were in dirt watered with coffee. And uh, they grew bigger and faster. Actually, with the coffee? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was but they also died first. So I, I, I don't know how to, I, I did not uh, take my data any further. So I, I, I <laughs> Somebody should run with that. <laughs> figure that out maybe there's just well, like just... a perfect amount of coffee yeah coffee grounds are used to create compost and dirt and so that doesn't seem so far-fetched that they would they would be really good for the plants so not that i, yeah, use I, I think, I think that. kids are coming up with uh they're coming up with projects that will help their actual communities this really was just uh <laughs> our themes weren't quite as um i don't know directed <laughs> yeah so now when will you guys announce the 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 winners who will be coming to Washington DC? So all the champions will be chosen somewhere around February okay. and then uh we've we're going to fly them out there. We want to try to to take down the barriers of just kids who can afford to be there. So we're getting sponsorship from corporations and stuff that are going to fly the kids in. They're going to put them up in the hotels. Their transportation is covered. You know, they're they're they, they're going to be just brought in so that you you don't really have to worry about that part. Um, airlines are, uh, we have an airline sponsor giving us vouchers to make sure that, you know, that we can keep our costs down so that kids all can come. This is, I'm building this from scratch with my partner, Jenny Bukos. Um, yeah. We have a streaming platform that has short format uh, videos that come with curriculum for the classroom. And so it's, it is teens and tweens that this, that our platform is aimed at. So we're also creating content to go with the National STEM Festival so that these kids projects that are really inspiring can become, they can become communal. So a kid in Alaska that has a good idea can, you know, kind of amplify what they're doing and maybe a kid in Kansas is inspired by it, you know, and then they'll do their science fair project based on that. Are you um, still looking for volunteers to help score? Because we are definitely looking for STEM fields and STEM adjacent fields. Uh, industry leaders. Um, so, I, I mean, you, you don't have to just be a scientist. I mean, teachers, um, museum, people who run like the museum education uh, advocacy, like there's, it's really anybody in any kind of STEM field. And um, is all that on 
the name of your your organization is Explore, right? Yes, but uh, to find stuff for the National STEM Challenge, it's nationalstemchallenge.com. You can see all okay. the details. And we also have, um, it, which is kind of fun for our social media campaign, we have 24 STEM ambassadors um, starting to use STEM like Smurf, like that's <laughs> STEMmy. <laughs> so our, our STEM ambassadors are people who are already have an audience on social media that they are uh, thought leaders in their fields. So um, we have a woman named Danielle Boyer, who she used to be somebody who uh, she's she's a maker that created stuff for science fairs. And she has a small robot that sits on it's the shape of an owl and it sits on her shoulder and uh, it translates the world around into her dying indigenous language so that she can still feel connected to the place that she came from. Um, it's, it's a lot of really interesting people out there that are helping propel and promote this festival. Um, we have astronauts and and people working in space programs. Um, Hillary Coe is another really awesome ambassador. She is somebody working in the space field and already has a huge following. So I thought, why don't we engage with the people that are doing what we want to do, who are role models and create as much um, I think representation matters. So I want the faces of all of our STEM ambassadors to have, I want the kids to be able to see themselves in them. So uh, we, we're, we're trying to find people from all over the place, from West Virginia to Los Angeles. Yeah. Hey, can you talk a little bit about, so we're, we're an arts organization and uh, you're an artist, and, but you, you kind of function in the world of science. And uh, this, is, this is probably good for, um, kids that are thinking about this project as well, but kind of the intersection of art and science and and how they come together. What, what are your thoughts on that? I always thought art, art and science are basically the same thing. Well, not always. Once I was on Mythbusters, because I was an artist doing arty things. And when science started to feel like art to me, because you're getting your hands dirty and fostering a curiosity, suddenly I was like, oh, I do science. And I'm a STEM communicator because I'm putting this out into the world. And scientific method is just something that can be applied to art as well. You're just trying to, to come up with, with answers to a question. Um, so so I, I think that it's something that used to be thought of uh, more as holding hands rather than mutually exclusive. Um, I think that, 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 that you know, they'd show beautiful works of arts in the parlor at the same time as Tesla coils. So I, I think that it's, it, it's something that we have pigeonholed into different slots, but really are in the same vein. So anything from the cool kinetic art sculptures that you see, like the big beach walkers in you know Scandinavian countries, to people who actually go out to Burning Man, to <laughs> so many of my science friends are actually artists. Um, I think it's a really interesting intersection. Well, and that artwork that's behind Ruth is from a, a scientist from the lab. Right. Oh, really? So yeah, they maybe they're using the same parts of the brain. I don't know. Um, well, and you mentioned the scientific method, and I know in your book, uh, Crash Test Girl, uh, you talk about using the scientific method as kind of a guide for life, right? And that's to help you make you know decisions. Can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, it's really. Um... You know, it really just gave me sort of a, a function for the book to have a framework just the way every Mythbusters episode did. I mean, it's just the scientific method was the perfect narrative for busting myths. It also became just a really great way of critical thinking. And um, 
so it's I, I really like the idea of using critical thinking to solve any of your problems. Um, and I think that the, the three things that we need to teach kids the most are critical thinking, empathy, and confidence. And if you can get that into them, they can tackle anything in the world. Because those are really, really, really hard to teach, but it, I, I think that that's something that we need to concentrate on. Who does that really well? Who does that really well? Yeah. I mean, Mythbusters did that really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've met a lot of teachers who do that really well because it's really hard to explain something to a kid that's really big and grand, like uh, the Syrian refugee crisis. How do you explain that to a, you know, 12 year old so that they feel that? So to explain something grand like that, we said, don't explain the refugee crisis, explain and show the story of one kid, uh, one family going through this. So uh, we profiled a family who went from Syria to Germany and ended up becoming uh, part of a community in Berlin. They went from a refugee camp to becoming successfully integrated into the Berlin society while keeping all of their traditions. Um, and it was a really harrowing journey for this family to get their kids out. And it, it was a hard interview for me to do because I have a daughter that was the same age as their daughter. But when I came home and I was able to show the video to my daughter, she saw the little girl and, and she said, wow, she, you know, I play Roblox and she plays Roblox. And all of a sudden the switch kind of went on in her head where she felt the empathy and she felt the story. And she said, her, that could be me. And then she went and told her friends about it and their friends, about it and then they showed the video in the classroom and then I had parents calling me saying my kid knows more about this than I do and it's it's using that digital storytelling as a method for helping explain kids things in a real world re relevant and rela relatable way that they understand how what they're learning applies to them that's why I think I took Mythbusters and I ran with it to create this platform with my partner, Jenny Bucos, because I, I think that there's such a power in video. Um, I mean, we all saw Sesame Street growing up and Mr. Rogers, and then there's kind of nothing for teens and tweens that stays within yeah. that mode of educational inspiration. And I, I just, we want to fill that critical gap. So that's why I've become so passionate about what we do now, which is communicating and advocating for everything from social emotional learning to STEM through digital storytelling. Well, and that's that's the greatest way to move somebody, right, is through a story. And even more so than data and everything else, the story gets you moving. And um, it, Mythbusters, you know, was able to tell a lot of great stories. And I, I think you guys did provide that, um, that, that filled that gap for those, for those older kids quite a bit with, with that show. And you're still doing that. So I think you found a great niche. Are you ready? You remember our game, yeah. You remember our game. Remember your game. Do you have new questions for me? Or we... Oh, I, we were talking about that, and I was trying to come up with a couple of new ones. Um, I did see you were on a. I saw you on a commercial recently. Oh, uh, it was tight. A, yeah. <laughs> that was so fun to film. <laughs> was it really? It was because I got to hang out with Tori again, and it yeah. really was just like a day of kids throwing food at each other, and it was they were. Stoked. They're like, what's my job today? What? 
It, does your daughter get this to... commercial and see? Oh, you got to see it. Uh, th does your daughter get to go to the sets with you sometimes? Do you kind of? It depends. Is that um, what they're... It, it really depends. I, you know, when they, I, I've got some shows that are really fun to bring her to, but then some that are just grueling. So I, you know, I, I don't bring her to the road shows generally because she also has to go to school. But um, I brought her along on. I, I did a show called Crash Test World, where we 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 look for the solution seekers and the innovators out in the world, and we profile them um, looking for real world solvable problems. And uh, one was about eating bugs. And in the Bay Area, there is this woman who runs um, a company called Don Beguito. And you might have seen their food trucks where they have uh, roasted crickets and mealworms and all sorts of edible bugs that are incredibly sustainable, highly superfood protein sources. And so like these chili lime crickets could be sprinkled on a taco or mealworm toffee. And I just thought this would be a great one to bring my daughter to because she could see mom eat bugs. <laughs> Did you do it? You ate the bugs? Oh yeah, they 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 were delicious. Um yeah, I, I've had I've had crickets before too at a at a Mexican restaurant in San Jose. And I don't know if it's still there anymore, but um they would serve crick crickets as part of their appetizer. And it was fascinating and fun to eat because they was were it good. The um the shell what do you, I don't know what you call it the, yeah you just roast them and yeah. then they, it's kind of like eating puffed rice they're crunchy and they they, they it's you know how tofu doesn't have a, a strong flavor but what you add to it makes the flavor so yeah. it's really just the texture of crunch and then they chili lime it up and roast them so it's not like it's not like you can feel the little legs or anything like if you don't look at what you're eating you wouldn't even know that it was bugs I mean yeah. I feel like cr crickets are like level one bug eating. <laughs> and when we think about this planet and and how we're going to continue to feed this planet, we can't keep clear cutting forests so that we can grow more cattle. We need yeah. protein sources. And in 70% of countries, insects are part of the diet. So it's it's really I like to think of it as how when you and I were kids, Chris, like sushi, people didn't eat sushi. That was weird. You're going to eat raw fish. Ew. But now sushi is a delicacy that everybody eats. And I think bugs will slowly have that journey where we realize how fast and with how little water you can grow crickets and mealworms to create a protein source. I mean, I, I think it could be revolutionary. Wow. Well, I always think about like shrimp and and crap that those are like bugs of the sea you know it's for me I, but uh what's level 10 you said crickets are level one like what's what that's what i was gonna ask too <laughs> well i mean the, the mealworm toffee that i was eating they it looked a lot more like bugs it didn't look like puffed rice so you kind of have to get over the visual till your brain knows that it's something you should be eating because i mean if you've been dared to eat a worm as a kid you probably have some trauma there <laughs> So do you have like a jar of crickets in your pantry right now? Or is that? I don't have a jar of crickets, but I do have cricket flour to make chocolate chirp cookies. Chocolate what? Chocolate chirp. Because they're cricket. <laughs> You'll have to share your recipe. It sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 a very um I, it's a very gluten free kind of kind of way to make. Yeah. Cookies. The one thing I will give a warning is that um, if you're going to feed children and trick them into eating it before you tell them what it is, you have to make sure that they're not allergic to shellfish because they do have the same sort of components as shellfish. So uh, if the kids oh. are allergic to that, they can't eat the crickets. 
Well, that's that's the sharpest thing to do to them. So you got to be careful. Oh, um, God. Winner, winner. God, I like you so much more when you throw in some dad puns. Um, it's a disease. Um, you can it is. Work, it's a real. If you can work for us and spend a day with us, then carry and see what that's like all day long. That's all I contribute when we have our staff meetings. That's all I say is stupid jokes. I don't. I don't move the anything along at all. Um, yeah, we, we need you to. We need. Okay. That. Thanks. I appreciate that. It's an important part of the meeting. Okay. All right. Well, let's do the game. So I'm going to say uh, answer crickets then. Uh, um, crickets. Crickets. All right. Uh, San Francisco Giants or Oakland A's. Giants. Giants. All right. Fiction or nonfiction. Fiction. Uh. Tide or all-purpose cheer? <laughs> Clearly tied. I'm <laughs> under contract to say that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Bay Area or Los Angeles? Bay Area. Okay. Ooh, Good choice. Warriors. Uh, Warriors? I, I was going to say Warriors. or war Obviously, you're a Warriors fan, right? Um, oh, my God. Such a Warriors fan. Uh, curry or green? Uh, I love curry so much. Curry? Yeah. I recently be... met uh, Moody's dad, though, so I'm uh, up and comer. Oh, yeah. Are they going to be good this year, you think? I hope so. I hope so, too. Um, what else? I'm a Bulls you... fan, so I'm not participating in this conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you like being behind the camera or in front of the camera? Gosh, and I can't say both. Um, in front of the camera is really fun. I, I do like being in front of the camera. You're kind of a ham. I could, I get a sense. Yeah, but I yeah. also, uh, I, I feel like uh, I have stepped behind the camera a lot more lately. And because I've been in front of the camera, I have a different skill set so that I can, I can look at my, my presenter and know when they're tired, when they need a break, when they're not paying attention. Like I can, I can really, I have a guidance. Yeah. That is, is something that I think you can only do if you've been in those shoes. Yeah, for sure. Can I ask, do you listen to a lot of music, Carrie? Um, yeah. What do you like to listen to? Um, it, it changes d due to who I am with. Uh, with my daughter lately, she's listening to a lot of Frank, uh, or a lot of Frank Ocean and uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, my old time faves when I was young that it still play are like the Pixies. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just went to a metal concert to see Iron Maiden and ACDC. Um, <laughs> I really kind of run the gamut. Drive by wow. truckers have lyrics that make me just want to float. Um, I, I, yeah, I, it's all kinds of music. Okay, Iron Maiden or ACDC? From past, from the performance I just went to, ACDC killed it. They did. Where was that at? Uh, it was down in Palm Springs. There was a whole weekend of just a huge metal fest. I went from Washington, D.C., where I presented to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce wearing dresses that I thought could fit in really well on the show Scandal. Like, you know, kind of I look a little like a fancy secretary. And then in that same suitcase, I had fingerless gloves and um, <laughs> like my cutoffs and went straight <laughs> to the desert to like hang out with, you know, us people who flew in from Sweden to watch all of the metal. Yeah. Nice. My my. Um, I'll tell you a story. My uncle uh, was in a heavy metal band for a long time. 
you know, toured all around the world. He was a drummer and his bass player uh, eventually became the bass player for Metallica. You know, uh, his name was Jason Newstead. And my um, uh, grandmother kind of raised him. And so he would invite my grandmother to all these Metallica concerts. And so my grandmother, who's now 93, almost 94, is a huge Metallica fan. Yeah. Oh, she was a nice. metalhead for a long time. Metallica was at Metallica. That's awesome. Was they were there too. So. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the Bay Area. They're they're from yeah. here. Bay Area band. Um, I'm I'm going to ask you one last time: Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. Good. Um, these other ones I've already asked you before, but we could. What was the one, Ruth? You wanted me to ask the. Oh, the trebuchet or the catapult? Yeah, um, trebuchet is more fun, I think. Yeah. But have you ever seen a certain centripetal force um, launcher? Those things are cool because they they wind up and they go, and then everything shakes and it's 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 just exciting. Where where can you see one of those in the Bay Area? Um, there's a lot of people that do them for like pumpkin chugging. I was going to say, do they, what do they launch? The pumpkins? Pumpkins during this time of year, because, yeah. uh, you know, after Halloween, there's a lot of pumpkins still and they launch really well. Are you, <laughs> do you dress up for Halloween still? Um, I have, uh, every year I am, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of unprepared right now because I've been working so like around mm -hmm. the clock, seven days a week. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm luckily I've got a lot of costumes that are in boxes and I can do undead anything. I have latex and appliances and I have a gallon of fake blood that I know is in my, my garage right now. And I believe I accidentally put it in a container that let it decay. And I, there is dripping blood happening that uh, I realize in the back of my garage that I'm going to have to clean up. But if you just came over to like, say somebody had to come over to repair something and just saw they would a see the fake cardboard blood. box dripping blood onto the garage floor, I, I, I think I think I might throw some alarm bells off. You might get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Call the police. What What's the best uh, Halloween costume you've ever uh, worn, you think? What's your favorite? It's tough. I do a lot of San Francisco themes. Once so I went as Carl the Fog with a big Golden Gate bridge on my head that lit yeah. up in the fog because I used a lot of cotton um and that 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 one people loved but uh last year I did one that was so obscure that that only one person figured out what it was because it's very specific first of all the twins that used to walk around in San Francisco yeah. wearing all of I remember the, them like the the leopard cowboy hats but they were famous specifically in San Francisco I was them crossed over with the old cult classic basket case so i made one of the twins in a basket that i held on the side but i made i made it so i had a fake arm holding it and then my arm could come out and grab children and it like one of the twins was a little scary and cannibalistic so it was a it was a very specific crossover costume that you would have to be old enough to have both seen basket case and live in the bay area and know who the twins were I would not have figured that one out. I, I would have known the twins. But why would one of them be creepy in a basket with a monster hand? You yeah. see? I did a costume like that once when I was a teenager. I remember the movie Aliens. Uh, so yeah. I, I made a, a sock puppet, like an alien sock puppet. 
and I wow. um, and I had like a fake arm, and then That's the sock so puppet cool. came out my chest with my my real hand, and p- people thought it was that was the fake thing, and then I'd go like this, and I yeah. scare the crap out of people. My so. daughter and I were a quartet of uh, s- zombie clowns, where you know you you've got a clown riding on the shoulder of another clown, but I had taken the 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 impression of her teeth from when she got braces because they were tiny little messed up teeth. And then I made um, a mold of those and then created a rip in her jaw with her actual teeth so that it looked like her face got torn open. And I had this moment where she just came home from school and she's like, mommy, I made a first grader cry. That's my baby. And that Halloween, like one of the families we were with said, my children are a little scared of your costumes. So um, we're going to have to split off. But they know you're the girl from Mythbusters. Like they, they should expect. I, I level, it was, it was pretty high level at that point. And, and my daughter and I were very proud of everywhere we went. People were like, whoa, like mm-hmm, that's my baby. Nice. <laughs> Maybe is she going to grow up to be uh, an artist like you, you think? She's really into film. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the, her art right now is she like she just started film class. And it's the one thing that we that she talks about the most. And I, I, I hope, you know, maybe she can come work with me someday. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, Carrie. Thanks for playing the game. And thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate it. Um, you are off the hook. We are going to uh, promote the National STEM Challenge for you and, and hopefully get some more uh, California uh, kids out there to participate and uh, wish you the best of luck in everything. I'll see you at the 40-year uh, class reunion someday, I guess. 40-year? We I missed the last one. Did you I go? I the last one. I think that's the, next, that's the next one. So I'll see you there. Okay. And I love Livermore, by the way. So mwah. All give, us, give us a welcome. You want to do one more plug for the, the National STEM Challenge and festival and everything? Absolutely. Go to the nationalstemchallenge.com for all the details about the National STEM Challenge and the champions will go to the National STEM Festival in Washington, D.C. in April. So it's going to be extremely exciting. And you can also find us on all the social media channels. Just put in National STEM Challenge or Festival. It'll pop right up. Great. great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, that was a fun interview with Carrie Byron. She yes. She had a lot to say. She did. She's a lot of, uh, she's got a lot of great energy. Yeah, she really does. She's really fun to talk to and and her energy is infectious. And uh, we got to hear a little bit more about the National STEM Challenge today than we did when she was here back in September. And it was really fun. Uh, and we just need to get some more California kids. And I think I think we have a champion that can come from Livermore. There's some Tri-Valley. really smart Tri-Valley kids. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the Innovation Tri-Valley does that uh, Dream Makers and Risk Takers Awards uh, for high school students. And there's robot teams. There's uh, kids um, working on... Um, uh, diseases and things like that it's it's incredible yeah uh, so there, maybe we should uh, connect uh itv with the stem challenge and give them a heads yeah. up yeah absolutely that was and they're so much smarter and more creative than i ever remember being when i was that age or any of my friends being when i was that age it's it's really fascinating 
to see how access to the world, you know, yeah. with the internet has given, has opened up so much for them to really explore and to find solutions to the problems that sort of plague us all. So yeah. very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of this and, um, and, and, you know, seeing what kids from the Tri-Valley make it all the way to Washington, D.C. Yeah. So and you're, you're going to eat snack on some crickets later today. Is that what yeah, you Yeah, I'm thinking me? about having some crickets for lunch. If I can uh, find a restaurant and, and I don't I don't keep them in my freezer or have cricket flour at home, <laughs> but I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try her chocolate chirp cookies. <laughs> so I hope she does <laughs> share the recipe. <laughs> Uh, I would. I do want to thank everybody for joining us for this bon bonus episode of Beyond the Stage featuring Carrie Byron. Please check out the National STEM Challenge at nationalstemchallenge.com and see if you want to enter. You can also find out information about becoming a judicator for it as well, if that's more your speed. So thanks again for joining us and come check us out again. Bye. Bye.